are back to another episode of Bully Ball, episode 8. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, usually I start these episodes and ask you things about the 49ers. I just want to know, how are you today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great, Jay. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm, I've been better. Um, you know, it's been a long day of playing my brand new PlayStation 5 and using it to play a Snoopy game from 2015 because I am under a dictatorship and Averly will not allow me to play the new God of War game. So if you guys are looking for parenting advice, this is not the podcast for you because we're going to talk about 49ers football. Before we get into that, we do have a review to read and it's from Trev Nasty 28. Okay, I have been a consistent listener of this podcast since 2019, and I actually discovered you guys while deployed in UAE and Saudi Arabia. Thank you for your service. And your podcast helped me get through some tough times away from my family out there. I've loved to see the podcast grow throughout the years that I've listened and love all the new additions to the shows. I wish you continued success and thank you for being a part of my daily routine. That is some of the nicest words that could have come across. Thank you so much for sending that review. And again, thank you for your service. Uh, it must have been a tough time. Glad that we were able to help you get away from all that, right? Steph, Tom Brady, the GOAT, went down. Now, I want to say something. I saw him after the game speaking with 49ers fans. And if you haven't seen, it's on Inside the NFL, right? Well, not with fans. The Well, they are fans. They were players. They were yeah, acting no, like fans. They were, they were fanboying for sure. Yeah. Which was cool Juwan to see. Jennings, yeah. Jawan Jennings, Aaron Banks, everybody. Like literally understanding Fred. what was in front of them. That was really cool to see. And you know what? Class act Tom Brady took pictures with guys, signed their autographs, you know, even talked to Brock Purdy after the game. I did want to point that out. A lot of this felt special about him coming back. There was, you know, the the video of him before the game taking pictures of everything. Seems like he was trying to soak in the moment. That was pretty cool. And I thought that the that him spending time with the youngsters who were so geeked to, like, meet him and tell him that he's the GOAT and all those things. And I thought that was cool, man, because it felt like us, right? Like, if I saw Tom Brady, I'd geek right. out, right, Steph? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that was a really cool moment. And you have to wonder, like, if this was any other team, would he have, like, stuck around to- to meet some of these other players like um and i'm not into all the conspiracies that you know he wants to be a niner or not i know you know there's talk about that floating around but gotta be nice to um, his new teammates right but (laughs) no i I think it's more so just the nostalgia of it all even for him like you know playing against his childhood favorite team and it just how long he's been in the league literally all of these guys on the 49ers defense have probably grown up watching him as many players now in the NFL have. And so it was really cool to see them have that moment. And the one that really struck me the most was Fred Warner and and Greenlaw, because they were really fanboying. Like you could tell Fred Warner didn't even want to stop talking to him. He was just like, yeah, man, like this is an honor for us. Like that, that's just so cool. And a player as, as talented as Fred Warner, you know, fanboying over another player, uh, I think it just tells you how much of an impact, you know, a guy like Tom Brady has had on the game and, you know, these young players. Yeah, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Tom Brady. You just can't. And that's why he's the GOAT. That was really cool to see. I thought that was cool as well, too. He also spoke to a young quarterback on the 49ers side by the name of Brock Purdy, number 13. And I think that's exactly where we should start here with this game. Before we get into the play, it was really cool to see his family there. It was really, really a nice moment to see his father and how Mm -hmm. taken he was, you know, and emotional. It made me call my dad at halftime, you know, just to say hi and see how it was. 
that's really cool. All this stuff feels like right now is a little bit too good to be true. Almost like a movie, right? Mr. Irrelevant comes in, beats the goat, but like didn't just like manufacture a win somehow. Like the young man was balling. Steph, what are your initial thoughts on Brock Purdy and his first NFL career start? Man, yeah, I mean, you literally couldn't have written a better uh you know, outcome for, for Brock Purdy and just like going to the season being pretty much the, the buried on the depth chart, right? Like he was the third guy in this quarterback room. You think he would never see the field this season. And, you know, lo and behold, he gets that opportunity. And not only does he do what he did with that opportunity, I mean, he's able to beat Tom Brady I know he's he, he doesn't play defense, but just the fact that in his first career start to beat Tom Brady, he was the first player to do that, right? In his first career start to beat yep. Brady. So right. that that right there is a huge accomplishment. You know how big this moment was to to him, to to his family, as you mentioned. And it, it's just a really special moment, like aside from you know, the outlook of the team and how it's looking right now. It's looking great. But, you know, I think we also have to acknowledge how cool this is for Brock Purdy. And it seems like he's really embraced this opportunity and he's done everything he's he in his power to make the most of it. And that was evident with yesterday's, with yesterday's game. I will say that this is a completely different quarterback than what we saw in training camp. I know we were a little worried after the Miami game a little bit, not worried, but like cautiously optimistic, right? That, okay, with, with teams being able to get some film on him, you know, maybe there would be some regression, just, just maybe. And the Bucks are a better defense. He looked better than he did against the Dolphins going up against a better defense in the Saints. I mean, in the Bucks. So that tells me that, one, he was prepared for this moment. I mean, obviously. And, two, I think we saw a lot of things that translate well to games in the future that would make me very encouraged. He has great pocket awareness. He's able to escape from the pocket when there's pressure. He was dealing with pressure all day, Jay. And he he was just handling it so with, with so much poise, so much confidence. And I I think I know it's a small sample size. And I know that we were cautiously optimistic about it. But if I'm Seattle right now, watching Purdy and, and that film from from Sunday, I'm freaking out a bit because I'm not sure there was enough there for a defense to exploit. And Purdy was carving up the Bucks against the Blitz. He was not rattled by that sack on the first play. He remained aggressive despite all of that. He even threw an interception, ended up getting called back, went and threw a touchdown on the next play. He just looks impenetrable. And under pressure versus the Bucks, he was 7 of 8, 109 yards, two touchdowns. Six of those seven completions went for either a first down or a touchdown. He averaged 13.6 yards per attempt and had a perfect passer rating of 158.3. That is under pressure. like, And that's crazy to say. So he, he just has the confidence. He has the calmness. Like, I feel comfortable 
watching him play. And I think that's the difference between him and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and that's not a knock on Jimmy Garoppolo, right? But I've seen a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo where, you know, I'm always nervous for the next play to some extent, like, because I'm just waiting for something bad to happen. Maybe I'm just conditioned to, to watch Jimmy Garoppolo that way. But in watching Brock Purdy, I was just calm after a while. Cause I was like, okay, he's got this, like, based on what he did, like the, the previous drive, I was just wanting to see more. And I can't wait for Thursday's game. And having all of that said, with an oblique injury that he suffered in the first uh, quarter, also played through that, kid is damn tough. And I want to take this opportunity to send my apologies to Brock Purdy. I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game. You know, um, I think Steph really hit it on the head, what we saw in training camp, some good, some bad. I was a large... I had a large stance on I didn't want to see him playing because then that meant Jimmy Garoppolo would get injured. But right now, two games in, who could argue with the results? Right now, Brock Purdy is balling. He's made this season very fun. I apologize. I apologize, buddy. Um, and as far as Seattle being nervous, they better be nervous because they just lost to Sam Darnold. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, uh, things are lining up for Thursday. But, yeah, all of those things you mentioned, I believe there's a stat out there, five for five on deep shots in this game. Perfect passer rating. I think that's more than has been taken the entire season. If if Akash's tweet is correct, um, it, it's it's fun to watch him. the The play breaks down. He's taking shots while he's throwing the ball, um, getting guys involved. It felt like he he had they had a plan early on to get George Kittle involved. Love that. You know, you love to see that. And Christian McCaffrey has another great day running the ball and throwing the ball. That's something that we should talk about. Brandon Ayuk continues his trend of two catches and and touchdowns and 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 it just it all felt good. That game felt like it was over when it went up twenty eight nothing at the half. Now I understand it's Tom Brady on the other side. I've learned to never bet against him, so maybe that's why a bit you know Forty Nine er fans were a bit white knuckled. But salute to Brock Purdy, man, to do that against that team with your family in the building. Shows the poise that you have, and uh, you could see why 49er fans are juiced up, man. This is a really fun time. I want to talk about something that happened before half, though, Steph. And the 49ers were winning 21 to nothing, and it was right before the half. Generally, this is a time when Kyle Shanahan will just pack it in, right? Go to the half. Is that, isn't that one of his criticisms? Not aggressive enough in the second half? Okay. Well, Debo Samuel gets a handoff, and unfortunately, he's injured. Now, we got injury news today. It's an MCL sprain, and it's a twisted ankle, sprained ankle, but not a high ankle sprain. The 49ers expect him back in the regular season. Relatively good news, because when you see the cart come out, you think the worst, right? Now, just I'm going to cook real quick, Steph, and I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, during the game, when you're tweeting, when you're talking about the game, emotions are high. You're probably having an adult beverage. And why wouldn't you, right? Kick back. Enjoy yourself. But there was this large contingent of voices about this is Kyle Shanahan's fault. Why are you running the ball with Debo Samuel inside when you're up 21 points? Well, let me remind you, it's Tom Brady on the other side. You think 21's enough? I didn't think 21 would be enough. You keep going. And this directly contradicts all of the criticism that Kyle Shanahan gets. If Kyle sits on the ball and hands it off to Jordan Mason for three one-yard gains and punts the ball, well, Kyle's not aggressive. He has no butt. You guys, 
are starting to get to a point where you are talking out of both sides of your mouth. This is a little bit more about one player, which this hurts me the most because he's my favorite football player of all time. Literally, the GOAT, the guy that I believe is the best football player of all time. He sends out a post on Instagram saying, stop running our players up the middle, tags Trey Lance, tags, tags Debo Samuel, tags Jimmy Garoppolo. And when I disagree with Jerry Rice on the timeline, well, you think you know better than him and he's a football player. Well, let me tell you something. Jerry Rice is the GOAT. He has an informed opinion because he's played football, but it's still an opinion. And the opinions are wrong every single day, just like this was. Let me start with the obvious one. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't run up the middle. What on earth are you talking about? Where did you see that? What game was that? I watch every game two and three times. Find that one and show it to me. Okay, so that's wrong. Debo Samuel wasn't run up the middle. It's an outside zone that Debo Samuel cut back inside and got injured, unfortunately. It's football. Football players get injured. Debo Samuel got a bag off of those type of runs. Kyle Shanahan was being aggressive still by putting the ball in his best playmaker's hands. Why? Because he wanted to score a touchdown. No disrespect to Jordan Mason, but who has a better chance of busting off a home run run, Jordan Mason or Debo Samuel? The guy you paid all that money to do that, the guy who got paid off of doing that. So inside runs are fine, Steph, when it's taking the 49ers to L.A., to the NFC title game. Inside runs are fine. When Debo Samuel's saving the season and, and running through guys, and he scored a touchdown on a run, by the way. But now, you can't have this both ways. Kyle's not aggressive. Well, Kyle's being aggressive. What do you want to do here? Either you need to have a conversation with yourself because you're running out of things to criticize Kyle Shanahan about. And really where I'm going with this is this. For every single person in my mention that says, you know more than a football player, he was wrong. Yes, in this instance, I know more than a football player. And you know what else? <laughs> this is the hardest part about this because it's Jerry Rice. And you know what else? Everybody who had outrage about inside run, injury for the season, wrong, 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 wrong. All these things are wrong right now at this point. So I would ask the people that ask me, do you know more than a football player? Okay. He has a more intimate knowledge. I won't argue that. But that means you're telling me that you know better than Kyle Shanahan and his play calling, which I call bullshit. Steph, I'm done. You can cook now. How can I cook after that, Jay? I mean, you, I'm sorry. I had that like, one pent up. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm no, sorry, I Jerry. Know. I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. But you, but when you send out things like that and you allow people to take your, your Instagram post and put it on Twitter and say, well, if the goat said it, well, if Jerry Rice says the sky is orange, it's not, it's actually blue. That's the issue with someone as famous, as respected as Jerry Rice saying something so inaccurate is that despite it being wrong, you know, people are going to attach themselves to that statement as as it being the truth and and well if jerry rice said it that that must be the truth you you're not smarter than jerry rice you know so that that's the unfortunate thing but you know these celebrities you know these football players are human too sometimes their opinions are incorrect but anyway 
look, there, there's a couple angles to this whole, you know, Kyle Shanahan, does he deserve the blame kind of thing, right? So the main one is, well, why are you running Debo up 21-0 anyway? It was the second quarter. I don't care if it's 21-0. It's the second quarter. The game is not over. The lead is not comfortable enough, as you said. It's Tom Brady on the other side. What did he do just the week prior? He had a fourth quarter comeback. So you can never, no lead is ever safe in the NFL, and you can't play like it is. And you know that if the 49ers just so happened to lose that lead, the talk would be about, Kyle Shanahan not being aggressive enough. So again, you can't have it both ways. Now, I think we've destroyed that angle. So here's the other. Well, Shanahan needs to stop running guys up the middle. And yes, this one is is about Jerry Rice. And he would have probably tagged Kyle Shanahan on Twitter if, uh, was it Twitter or or was it Instagram? He put it on Instagram. Okay, he would have probably tagged Kyle if, if Kyle even had an Instagram. And that's just low-key embarrassing but that play was not designed up the middle or inside watch the play again as slow as you need to and you will see Debo Samuel's blocker George Kittle set the edge for him where he had a lot of room to run that and and Debo Samuel as as a runner as a football player he decided to cut it back inside that is a player decision and I'm not blaming Debo Samuel it's football you know like Players make these decisions on the field on a whim all the time. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But to blame Debo would have been just as ridiculous as all the people blaming Kyle Shanahan right now. And I just need everyone to understand that that is not how Kyle Shanahan drew it up. So that right there should absolve him of any blame to begin with but it's up the middle now, jerry rice said so he he's played football steph and 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 we've never played football so it has to be true that's what the streets say that's what the, the streets, streets say. is saying <laughs> the streets is saying but okay the last angle to all of this is well he could have had his running back uh handle that carry maybe christian mccaffrey or jordan mason that's the only one that i think like that's fair to say that okay sure but, but again, it was the second quarter. You still use your starters in the second quarter. You, you use your best players uh, at, at the things that they're best at. Jordan Mason, you know, by all accounts, he, he deserves more carries, yes. That, I think that's a separate discussion independent from this whole thing. But I'm, I'm still not blaming Kyle Shanahan for this. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And again, I, I do completely feel that it's just an excuse to blame Kyle Shanahan for something because everything has been going pretty freaking well with this team lately. Talk to him. But as soon as one little thing goes wrong, someone gets hurt, mm-hmm. let's blame Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really Thank funny. you for coming to our TED Talk. Yeah, that's it. And we're good. Jerry Rice, I still love you, buddy. I do. I promise. It's just the people that want to use Jerry Rice's opinion, which was wrong, and say, do you know better? Well, I would ask, do you know better than the play callers? And you don't, um, is is the spoiler alert to this one. My thing is, when we're talking about Kyle Shanahan, and we've been going through it, narratives have been busted, Steph. Over 500, Mm back-to-back playoff teams, being aggressive on fourth down, winning with backups. What more are you going to say about Kyle Shanahan at this point? So you have to figure out a way to blame him if you don't like him, and that's up to you. You have to have a conversation, like like get in front of the mirror and say, look, you, 
do you not like Kyle Shanahan? And you have to say back, I don't like Kyle Shanahan. And if that's what you want to say, then say that. You would be better served saying that than blaming a coach for an injury in a game that is so physical. And by the way, Debo Samuel doesn't go down on the first uh, try, right? Like he's the most physical right. wide receiver also. Not blaming him all, but, you know, again, let's put this it's one football. to bed. It is football. It's football. Let's <laughs> put this one to bed. Come on. You just have to figure out, do you not like Kyle Shanahan? Because if you don't, then this is why you're mad. Otherwise, what are you mad at at this point? Even the loudest Kyle critics are even saying, I think he might need coach of the year consideration. On his third quarterback, this team is smoking opponents. Their point differential is 120 points. And that includes a blowout loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. This team is absolutely cooking with this third string quarterback. This offense is now scoring points 28 per with Christian McCaffrey. You probably are just looking for something to complain about because you don't like Kyle Shanahan. But enough with the offense because they definitely carried it. But, Steph, it's time. Evergreen time, and it's evergreen time for this defense and all of our comments. Enjoy D'Amico Ryans while he's here. And we get to pick new people this week that we were impressed with, right? Last week we said, go ahead, go for it. Oh, no. I So I, I put this in the notes because, yeah, we're always praising, like, the same players. You know, we're always praising, praising D'Amico Ryans, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, as we should, right? I mean, those players, like you said, evergreen, like, we're always talking about those guys. But I feel like there's someone who deserves the same amount of praise this week and for not just because of this week, but because what he's been doing this season, I think, deserves a lot of recognition. And I was just definitely reminded by it in yesterday's game. Dre Greenlaw. Yep. He had an incredible performance, 15 tackles, 10 of which were solo tackles. He is playing the best football of his career, and I want to give quick props to John Lynch because he got that extension done before he really started cooking this season. Steph, if and I could quote, if I could quote the great Fat Joe, yesterday's price wouldn't be today's price if they didn't get it no, done. Keep going. Absolutely not. So credit to John Lynch for getting that done when he did, and also. I, I always have this fear that when players get paid, they regress a little bit or they just get comfortable, right? Like they got paid and, you know, hey, when I get a raise, sometimes I'd be slacking off a little bit. You know, I'm, it happens. So I was a little worried about that. For when Drake you get Greenlaw. a raise. So it happens. It happens multiple times. So Steph is just casually flexing the fact that she's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Rob, Rob is behind the scenes says no raises for Steph. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Um, yeah, I got I got Donnie uh, doing my uh, my contract negotiations. I mean, he's a master, way. and you picked the right one. I mean, either yeah. you pick him or you pick the guy who is Aaron Judge's. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I, we're not supposed to talk about that. Keep going. Wow, <laughs> you are so disappointing on so many levels. Wow, we couldn't go like this nope. episode without bringing up nope. like Aaron Judge. Absolutely oh, okay. not. I might as well I lean got, into the villain role. I got no role. dog in that fight, by the way. I, I might as no well lean in into fight. the villain role if everybody hates me for being a Yankee fan. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, yeah, no, Drake Greenlaw. I mean, I was a little worried that when he got that extension, like you know, he'd get that post extension, you know, kind of cruising uh, mode. But no, he has absolutely turned it up even more since then. And I color me impressed, Jay. 
And so yesterday, on top of the 15 tackles, he also got that interception on a pass he deflected. So technically, it was a pass breakup and an interception that fell right to him. And and not only that, but after the game, he has the balls to ask Tom Brady I love it. if he can sign that ball that he intercepted. That That's iconic yep. right there. Like, the, credit to Dre Greenlaw, not just for this game, but what he's been doing all season. I think it's flying under the radar, and I think it's time we give him his flowers. I apologize to him last week. He is playing incredible right now, and I don't disagree with anything that you said. And speaking of, like, 49ers players fanboying at the end of the game, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, that that scene was pretty good at the end there. And, again, shout-out to Tom Brady for being a class act because he could have totally been like, get out of my face, man. Like, I don't want – you know, I don't want to do that. But, you know, he stood there, and he and, – and, you know, he, he got a, he's got a good sense of humor about it, I think, right? Here's someone that I want to highlight and that has been flying under the radar. And again, every week we can pick someone new because that's how good this defense is. Jimmy Ward. And the reason that I want to say Jimmy Ward is for many weeks, it looked like Jimmy was playing out of position, looked like he was having a tough time, but he's absolutely turned it up and dialed it up the last three, four weeks, man. He has gotten so comfortable. He has become the best lock corner for this team. And that's credit to Jimmy Ward for one, doing what's best for the team. Two, putting his all into all of it. And three, again, we have to speak about this team's culture, what they've built, and what D'Amico Ryans and this organization believe Jimmy Ward could do. From the outside looking in, I didn't like it. Play to Sean Gibson, you know, move to Sean Gibson and play him there. Sean Gibson also had an interception in this game, by the way. But Jimmy Ward, man, I am so impressed with him. And the stat just came across. Jimmy Ward has allowed 3.3 yards per target in pass coverage and logged a team-high 94.7 run defense grade for the 49ers via PFF. That hashtag fits my narrative right there. That definitely does. I love it when PFF's grades align with what I want to say. But again, it seems like every week we can say whatever we want about this defense and it's going to be pretty evergreen. But now we can literally week to week highlight different players. Last week, we wanted to talk about Eric Armstead. This week, you want to talk about Dre Greenlaw? I want to talk about Jimmy Ward. This defense is elite. I don't think it ever, like, slipped from the elite status. Sure, the Kansas City game feels like a stumble. But, again, it felt like those were self-inflicted wounds on top of the Kansas City Chiefs being pretty good at football, right? Uh, But this defense is everything and more. And I feel better and better because I'm taking L's on my Brock Purdy uh, take and, you know, like, I'm getting cooked for it. And that's fine. You know, like, I'm, I'm happy to be Which wrong Which one? About Which one? Uh, uh, you know, just just that I didn't think that, that he was going to be very good at this level and, you know, I didn't want to see him play. So, but, yeah. But, Jay, okay, the one, the one thing I have with that is that that might have been true at the, the yeah, like that might have been true at the time. And right. we always say you should be able to change your opinion yeah. based on new information. We have new information. We have new, you know, Brock Purdy has shown us something different than he did in training camp. Right. He's not you guys the same did not guy. See this. You, you guys did not see him no. in training. You, you guys can look up some of my tweets. Mm-hmm. This man was throwing interceptions like all right. the time. I was he was like, throwing interceptions. interceptions. He was underthrowing guys. That's fine, though. I think where I should take my L is the strong stance that I took and in, in, in where it couldn't be changed. And that's a lesson for me. And I'm fine. I am fine to be wrong with this right now because Brock Purdy has made this season ultra fun now at this point Mm -hmm. because right now the 49ers are playing with house money and it's not like there's some charity case like they are whipping people's asses right now like beating the beating the tampa bay bucks like this is is so again what i meant was 
I just wanted to go back and take a victory lap on something that that I was right about, you know, before this, you know, in, instead of that. So it's just again, we should be able to change our minds when it comes to that, you know, and I'm a big proponent of do you want to be right or do you want to get it right? And I'm in the business of trying to get it right. Again, apologies to you, Brock Purdy. But I think who we should apologize to is the Seattle Seahawks because Brock Purdy descends upon you now, buddy, pal, <laughs> bucko. Now you've got to deal with him on Thursday Night Football. So a game that, you know, Steph, we have we have to take an L on this one too. We thought that the Seattle Seahawks were going to run through their schedule pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 49ers, this is a hat and t-shirt game. The 49ers get a win here. They win the, the NFC West. I mean, the, the Seattle Seahawks just lost to Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Eek is the only way that I can describe that. Um, at home, also. Now, this elite defense, Brock Purdy's playing this way, relatively healthy. Debo Samuel's not going to play in this game. Um, you probably won't have who else got injured in this game, unfortunately, uh, up the middle. Uh, was Ridgeway got injured before. Someone else got injured. Givens. Kevin Gibbons. Okay. Not good. But Eric Armstead's mm-hmm. playing. So, you again, super deep. We should apologize to the Seattle Seahawks because this is not probably going to go their way right now at this point, especially with the way this 49ers team is playing. Steph, Seattle, the New York Giants, kind of falling back to earth. Mm-hmm. And this team, yeah. and the cream rises to the crop, uh, to the top, right? Cream of the crop, all that stuff. <laughs> but what do, we, what do we think about the Seattle Seahawks game on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think that they're they're starting to hit earth a little bit. I think teams are starting to figure out, you know, what what the Seahawks, what they were successful at in the beginning of the season, and, and the the script has flipped a little bit for the Seahawks. Um, the one thing I noted is that they are seventh pass heaviest in the league. Bucks also were one of the pass heaviest teams. And I feel like the 49ers defense like that. You know, they like going up against a team that's already one dimensional because then they don't have to force you to be one dimensional and you've already done half of the work for them. So I think we see a similar performance to that of earlier this season for this defense. And as far as Seattle's defense, it feels like, they have kind of crashed back down to earth as well. They are 31st in rushing yards allowed per game. And in their last three games, they've actually ranked 32nd in rushing yards allowed per game. So it gets worse for them. And with how Christian McCaffrey looked yesterday, with how Jordan Mason, mini beast mode uh, was looking yesterday, I think the 49ers are going to run all over the Seahawks. And, you know, even if Brock Purdy has to pass, because, okay, we didn't mention much about the oblique injury that Brock Purdy has, but Matt Mayoko, he said uh, Josh Johnson would be in line to start if Brock Purdy is out. I don't know why we're writing things like this on Monday, but the only thing I can think of is that that article right there was for the Seahawks to see. You know what I mean? Like, you you better prepare for Josh Johnson, too, just in case. You know, Kyle Shanahan loves anytime there's like any type of injury to his quarterback, he's going to milk that till the last possible second to get get that advantage. You know how he does. But, yeah, I, I think the 49ers will probably try to run the ball a little bit more in this game, just given the fact that the Seahawks defense have proven to be very poor against the run. They're also 28th in opponent first yards per game. Um, I could probably probably find like 
more stats to show you that the Seahawks defense is just not it. But basically with how the 49ers offense have been, has been rolling lately, I I think I'm going to give the edge to the 49ers, but again, when they play in Seattle, you never really know what's going to happen. It's there's some magic for the Seahawks in that freaking stadium. I don't get it, but I feel good because Brock Purdy is unfazed by literally everything. So I think he's going to be okay. Yeah. Thursday night, short night, a short week. Niners going to wear the 94 throwbacks too. So clean. And it just reminds you of 2019 when they, when Mm. they, knocked Beautiful. out the the Seattle Seahawks. So let's just keep the the vibes going. I think what you're going to see from Brock Purdy is probably just walk through stuff. Not too much with the oblique injury. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I also do feel like if Josh if Josh Johnson did have to start, I would feel good about him in a spot start because he has shown, especially when pressed into duty with the Baltimore Ravens, that he is more than capable. And I think Kyle Shanahan spoke about it today saying, well, he had a whole quarter and we didn't have to dial anything back. He knew the timing of the motions. We He has a great grasp on the offense. And this 49ers defense is too good. They're not going to let games get away from them. So they're always going to be a striking distance. I do think that this is a game where they potentially chill a, a little bit on Brock Purdy throwing the ball. But, you know, Steph, while I want to agree with that rationale, and I think it's sound, and I think it's a very good way, I think Kyle Shanahan is liking what he's seeing from Brock Purdy throwing the ball, man. Oh, he really, he really does. likes it. And he's just like, this is it, man. Like, it's almost like. Here's my Kirk. Right? You just nailed it. You just nailed it. You just told you, he just finally got his Kirk. He finally <laughs> got his Kirk, man. And there's that picture that is up right now of him talking and everybody's saying, capture this. And he's like, sorry, I called you Kirk again, man. He's like, yeah, don't <laughs> do it again. <laughs> but I do really believe that. I do believe that yeah. Kyle Shanahan. While at his core, would love to run the football, I still think that he loves these downfield passes because they were always there. Everything yes. that's been everything that you're seeing from Brock Purdy is not a shift in play calling. Let me explain. With Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo did exactly what was probably the right thing in that moment. Made the right throw, made the right read. Okay, cool. But there's always those deep throws. They're all in. They're all in the offense. They're all in the play calls. It's not like Kyle's dialing up a shot and saying, hey, I want you to throw it down the field. It's it's there if you can take it. And Purdy's mm-hmm. taking it. And I think that's what Kyle is excited about. A lot of people like want to harken back to Atlanta and say, well, that offense and Matt Ryan was the MVP. They were 28th in passing attempts. They were number four in passing yards. Now, why is that? Because they were efficient and Matt Ryan hit those passes. Also helps Julio Jones was in this, you know, was was playing with him. He's a very good wide receiver, you know. Sad to see Julio uh, on that Buck side, like not have anything going. Like I just I, like my favorite player. I don't want to. anyway. But yeah, I think a lot of people just forget about Kyle. Definitely wants them to throw the ball, and Purdy's playing into that man. And I think I think you nailed it when you said he's found his Kirk. I think that's like the funniest thing because you just like read my mind when I was saying that. Like we, I promise you, we didn't practice that at all. Like we did not practice that. <laughs> just goes to speak to the chemistry that Steph and I have, almost like Kobe to Shaq. I don't know who Sha- – I, I guess I'm Shaq because I'm That's taller. You're you're Kobe because yeah. Kobe's goaded, and I think he has a lot more drip. Like, it, it, it works. Like, it just works for us both. Um, but, yeah, Thursday's going to be fun. Thursday's going to be very fun. Under the lights, the 49ers have a chance to win the NFC West, you know, celebrate. And then the conversation becomes, well, how many more games can this team rattle off, and where will they – and can you catch the Minnesota Vikings? Can you put yourself in a position where – you're going to have a playoff home playoff game every game except the NFC title game if Philly gets there. And that's a good place to be. 
I don't care about going to Minnesota. I think the 49ers can go in there and beat them. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not worried about that. But it would be way better to do it at Levi's, I think, right? Provided it doesn't rain. What the hell is going on with the weather, Steph? Why is it raining every weekend now? And why are the football gods weeping on the San Francisco 49ers? It's winter, Jay. Like, what? You you want California to be in another drought? Come on, man. What drought? I heard it doesn't. I, everybody's telling me to move over there. And here I am complaining about how it's 30 degrees over here. It's raining over there now, man. Nobody likes rain. Rain's terrible. I, I would rather have rain and like it be 50, fringe 50s, than be in Colorado right now where it's like 25 degrees. It's snowing tonight. Like, no, man. It snowed, yeah, no, man. It snowed last night over here as well, too. I think this is the best place to wrap it up, though. Look, 49ers take care of business against the Bucks. It's a fun time. And Thursday night football, short week. We're going to have to figure out. I think, Steph, we, we might have to just go pod twice this week, man. Like, maybe Friday, we're going to have to just go ahead and go for it. And you know what's cool, Steph? Sundays are available now for us. You know what I can yeah, do on hey. Sunday? I can go to a bar and watch football. Unbelievable. I don't have to work. I can't believe it. It's incredible. So 49ers wrap up the NFC West. We get a day off on Sunday. This will be a lot of fun. So for Jason, for Steph, make sure you follow me, Jason Aponte 2103. Make sure you follow Steph at Steph49K. Make sure you subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Let's go Niners. Let's get it, Steph. Leave us a review. Yes, please. That five-star review. And, you know, tell tell me to get off the show or whatever. I'll read it. I don't care. I think it's funny. (laughs) Later. Peace.